glad uh, that you're here. And uh, as we get started, you know, this is uh, Christmas Eve. This is our first uh, Christmas Eve service. Uh, I think that uh, from what several have told me that church has ever had. So um, thank you for being here tonight and uh, it's a great opportunity to come. But this season, uh, you know, so often it comes, uh, you know, about presents and parties and uh, Santa Claus and all those kind of things. And we somehow in the busyness, if we're not careful, we miss what um, Christmas is all about. Uh, and it's not about uh, getting up on Christmas morning and seeing if Santa came, but rather it's about Jesus who did come. And so that's what I want to share uh, tonight. But before we do, I wonder if uh, some of you would like to share uh, your favorite Christmas memory. It could be recent. It could be, you know, when you were a child. Uh, or it could be, you know, just recent. So, uh, and if you're watching online, you can put it in the uh, little chat and I'll, I'll read it for us. So who wants to share? I was wondering where he was going with that. Our family did something, you know, my greatest, uh, some of my greatest Christmas memories were growing up. Uh, and on Christmas Eve, we would go to my uh, great-grandmother's house out in the country. And, you know, aunts, uncles, and everybody would be there. And uh, it was just a great time. Uh, and she made the best little Danish meatballs uh, and uh, called fricadillers. And uh, uh, so, so good. And I've tried to make them but they just, they weren't the same. So Grandma had a special touch somehow and uh, didn't share it with anybody. But uh, appreciate uh, you sharing. Um, anybody else?
that special. And, uh, you know, it's something when we think about all these memories, it's most of the time not the gifts that we receive, but it's the people that we were with. Uh, and uh, the most important person of Christmas, of course, uh, is Jesus Christ. And so uh, we want to uh, take a look uh, tonight uh, at what really is a Christmas passage, but we often don't think of it as such. So John chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 1 through 18. Uh, It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him uh, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, And the life was the light of men, and the light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And this man came for witness to bear a witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming in to the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as to many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And in his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace." For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. And so as John begins his uh, gospel message, uh, John focuses on love, and that's a theme throughout uh, John's gospel and through his three letters that he wrote to the church that we call 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. He understood that Christmas is about love. He understood that that love drove God to give the greatest gift the world would ever know, and the gift that the world needed more than anything else. You know, so often the things we think we need are not really the things that we need. And we think that, you know, if we just get the right stuff or if we just get the the right job or we get the right promotion or, you know, things like that, why, things are just going to work out. But oftentimes, it doesn't work that way, does it? God knows exactly what we need, and he ultimately is what we need more than anything else because when we have him in our life, everything else falls into place. Not that things are always easy. 
you that are following Christ know that, you know, times sometimes are rougher as you're trying to live for God and as you're trying to be faithful to what he has called you to do. And so the Christmas story reminds us, and I hope tonight as we've uh, gathered together for worship and in the morning when, you know, you wake up, you'll probably gather with family and you might sing some carols, you might uh, eat uh, some figgy pudding. I don't know that any of us Americans do that. Uh, Leslie and I came across the recipe, and tomorrow we're going to have... Yeah, it's Ribro and Yorkshire pudding. That's what it is, Yorkshire pudding. And I've always heard of the, you know, put, but when you think of Yorkshire pudding, it ain't pudding. Uh, it's, it's bread. Uh, we're going to try that tomorrow. We've never had it, but uh, we're going to see how it turns out. Uh, we may be uh, seeing what kind of restaurant in Richton is open tomorrow. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll uh, see how that goes. Uh, but... You know, Jesus came, uh, and that is the message, that he came. Why did he come? He came because he loved us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And so I want to show us and talk just for a few minutes tonight about why Jesus came. And the first thing I want you to know is he came to show glowing. You know, uh, the, the Christmas message, you turn to the Gospel of Luke, and we've read that over the last few Sunday mornings, and we'll finish uh, the end of the Christmas story tomorrow, uh, Sunday uh, morning at 11 o'clock. We're reminded that Jesus came. He did not come in a fancy-smancy hospital. He wasn't born in a suite. He was born in a barn because there was no room, remember, for him in the inn. And yet, as Jesus came, remember that it was not a dark and solemn occasion and it wasn't, uh, you know, oh my, oh me kind of story. Rather, the first glimpse of the Christmas story we find, you remember, who was it? The pop quiz, if you were paying attention in church. Shepherds. We went to the preacher's kid to know about the shepherds. He probably was a shepherd a time or two in some Christmas pageants. It was the shepherds. At age, they were just out, you know, minding their own business, tending their flock. And all of a sudden, there was great light all around, and these angels showed up. And they gave the greatest message and the message the world needed to hear more than anything else and that message was simply this today a savior is born the one that Isaiah promised that God used through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 9 is here the world and this world because of sin is in spiritual darkness. And a lot of times, peop- there are a lot of people that like to live in darkness. Because when you're living in darkness, you're hurt. 
and your pain is hidden and your tears are hidden and others can't see them and your sin you think is hidden and nobody knows it. And we all know that, you know, the, the, the old saying is, you know, there's uh, nothing kids need to be doing after, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning. There's nothing good, you know, so they should be at home. And, and there's a lot of truth to that. There's not a whole lot of, of, of anything worthwhile uh, going on in the wee hours of the night. That's when trouble comes. That's when mischief comes. And the world, left to its own devices, loves darkness and loves mischief. But guess what God reminds us of is that sin and its darkness brings death. And God, in the ultimate opposite, shows that, hey, listen, God and love is not darkness, but it's light. And the ultimate light of man, who does John say it is? He says it's Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world. Think back and hearken to Isaiah chapter 9 where Isaiah mentioned the people, they walk in a great darkness, have seen a great light. And here's the thing about light, when it comes into darkness, it glows. Now we... um, outside it's past dark time now and so uh, though the lights are dim we don't have all the lights in the sanctuary on on purpose tonight but you can still see can't you and in fact even if we went up and we threw Bill up enough times that he could unscrew all the light bulbs except for one just one of the light bulbs out of the hundred or so that probably are up here in these chandeliers would light this room Now, it wouldn't be very bright, but it wouldn't be dark either. And so John reminds us that Jesus came to give us light. And to remind us that, listen, there is hope. And to remind us that God does see our sinfulness. He sees what, you know, sin has created in our life. And it breaks his heart. But it also reminds us that God knows and sees our hurts and our tears and our struggles. You know what he says? You don't have to hide in the darkness. You don't have to be embarrassed. You don't have to buy into the lie that big boys don't cry. Because they do. And it's okay to cry sometimes. It's alright to be sad. It is a wonder, and it is a wonder, and the wonder and the miracle of Christmas that was that though this world was so dark, and because this world was so dark, when the light came, the people didn't receive him. Martin Luther, the great reformer from the 16th century, wrote a poem, and it says this, All praise to thee, eternal Lord, clothed in a garb of flesh and blood, Choosing a manger for a throne, while worlds on worlds are thine alone. What a reminder to us. Jesus created this whole world. He's always been God. Paul reminds us numerous times that 
Jesus was there in creation and was involved in creation. In fact, he says in Colossians that Jesus not only was involved in creation, but he's involved and he's responsible for holding this whole world together. And yet he loved us enough that he left his throne and he left his position of authority and left the, the splendor of heaven to come to this dark, fallen, rickety, falling apart world. Because this world was dark and it needed light. You see, the only thing that can cure darkness is light. And it's interesting that the opposite does not happen. Darkness cannot overtake light. It can't. But light vaporizes or takes away darkness. Because where there's light, there's not darkness. There might be dimness, but there's not darkness. And so Jesus came, he surely came 2,000 years ago to show the glowing, loving, marvelous light of a God that loves us and a God that wants to know us and wants us to know him. And that perhaps is the biggest point. It's, God knows about us the Bible says he created us. He knows all about us. But the question and the problem becomes for fallen humanity, which all of us are part of, is this question of do we know him? And the answer to that determines a lot about our life. But then secondly, I want you to see that he also came to show glory. Not only did he come to say that, hey, listen, there's this different way that the light of God will overcome and defeat the darkness of this evil world. Jesus also came to show glory. Glory. There was his hospital room, if you will, where he was born. Certainly nothing glorious about it. The bed that he slept in, nothing very glorious about that. But that's the point. A reminder that what God says is important and what God sees is important is not the things that this world sees is important. And it's God values, not how this world values. And so, John reminds us that the only way that we would have hope of being able to find God is by Jesus coming in that manger. Just as he had promised that he would do. Because you remember that the first glimpse of the gospel message in Isaiah is not in Isaiah 9. Remember verses earlier, like Isaiah seven fourteen, that a virgin shall be shall conceive a child, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. 
eight centuries later, that's what happened. Only God can do that if our plans don't work out, you know, within a week. We forget them, don't we? And we move on. But God waited centuries before his perfect plan, the promise that he gave through the prophet Isaiah, was to be realized in the birth of the Savior, Jesus Christ, that first Christmas Eve. And then lastly, I want us to see that so the only way we could see God is if God came to us. But then lastly this morning, or this evening, I'm so used to preaching in the daytime. Tonight, he came to show us grace. You know what, that's what we needed. Grace, the acronym, some have said, you know what, grace stands for God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. The reality is probably most of us deserve coal in our stockings, and yet we'll probably get a present or two. That's grace. But you see, God's grace is even so much greater than that, that though we deserve to spend eternity in hell, because of our sin. God says, you know what? You don't have to. Because I'm going to pay your sin debt for you so that if you'll receive that gift, you can have new life. And that is the ultimate expression of love and grace. And John reminds us, he says, it is God's grace Jesus came. And God's grace is Jesus. And so the Christmas message simply is this, that yes, Jesus came just like he said that he did, would. And he came for some very special purposes. He came to show God's glowing love and the light that comes only from a relationship with God. He came to show us God's glory. He came to reveal the Father. John says, listen, nobody see, has seen the Father except Jesus has revealed it to us. We know God because God came to us. And then the great Christmas present that God gave he came to show grace. He came to show that, yes, though we have turned our back on God and we slapped God in the face and we've cursed God, God still loves us and God is reaching out to us and God is pursuing after us. God wants us to know Him. Despite all that He knows about us, and that is what the message of Christmas is all about. And that is why we as the people of God can have hope. And why there's light. And why we say, you know what, and we know we have ultimate victory is because Jesus came. And guess what? Just as Jesus came, he's coming again. 
And that's where we wrap this message up tonight. But you see, as Jesus has surely come to show us what light, the light of God is, and the glory of God, and the grace of God. And my prayer is that this Christmas you know those gifts, the gift of salvation, the gift of Jesus. And if you don't know that, what a great day, Christmas Eve, to come to know that great gift. But here's the thing, if you do know that gift, that's something to celebrate, but it's also something to share. Because I can assure you something, that you have family members, and you have friends, and you have co-workers, and you have neighbors that have no idea that Christmas is not about twinkling lights and presents and Santa Claus and parties and cookies and eggnog. And how on earth are they going to know it? They definitely need to know about that great gift. This is how. By you reminding yourself, hey, the light has come. And that light lives inside of me. And so as we close the service, I'm going to ask us uh, to come and let's, uh, there's some candles up here by the uh, Advent uh, wreath. And I'm going to ask you to come and get a candle and light it. Parent, help little ones. Um, but I think they'll, there's some paper that will catch the, the wax. So, uh, but we don't want tipping in or anything. And we certainly don't want the fire department to have to come to church tonight. Um, but, so help, help the, the youngins. But, uh, and then uh, return to your seat and um, we're, we're going to sing Joy to the World as our conclusion. So, uh, so again, come. Get a candle, light it, go back to your seat. Um, and then uh, I'll have a, a remark or two, and then Leslie's going to lead us in singing Joy to the World.
is the light of the world. That he has come. And so as we sing joy to the world, uh, and after uh, we're finished singing, uh, Tim, will you say a prayer? And I want you to blow your candle out when you leave and take them home. And keep this candle somewhere where you'll see it to remind you not only that Jesus is the light, that God has given you the light to pass it on to those that need to know the love of God. The only way any one of us can know joy is to know Jesus, to know he came. And so let's sing together that great Christmas hymn, Joy to the World. Are you going to start, Bill, or you want me to?